What's up, everyone? Welcome to week five of the dumpster fire that is the New York Jets. Today, we'll break down the week four Denver game, including more questionable decisions by New York head coaches. We'll discuss week five Flacco time against the Cardinals. And Alex, you'll be helping me pick a survivor team for week five. What's for, what's for et cetera? <laughs> Sounds like fun, John. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily rely on myself for survivor teams, but... I'll give it a whirl. Uh, for et cetera today, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to review our sleeper teams that we chose at the beginning, our first ever podcast, uh, of the Knicks, Jets, et cetera podcast. So if you guys want to go take a listen back, we're going to talk about it right now and hear our analysis on that. It'd be a lot of fun because man, oh man, four games in is pretty interesting. So that's what we got on deck for today. All right, cool. First quarter review and the et cetera. And probably some uh, Yankees talk as well uh, as we're watching, as we're currently going through game three together right now as we record. All right, Ricey, let's go. What's up, everyone? And welcome to week five of... Flacco time and the New York Jets. Alex, what's up, man? How was your week? Uh, we had that extended bye. We had that rapid reaction. Denver game. Haven't heard from you in a while. What's up, man? What's going on, John? Pretty good today. Uh, just living the life, living the dream, looking at the dumpster fire that is the New York Jets. But we got to carry on, push through for our listeners because they're relying on us, John. They're relying on some sort of sanity, us breaking down games, giving them that glimmer of hope, of maybe the Jets will win one day. Maybe. I don't know when that's going to be, but one day. <laughs> uh, I don't know when it be this week, man, but since we've had some time to uh, go through the Denver game a little bit and not just be wanting to cry, um, man, oh, man, like, what would you would you think about that game, like, just, like, stepping back in a vacuum to forget, like, the 0-3 Jets going into the game. Forget that you want to fire Gase. Like, forget all that. Like, what did you just think about the Jets and Denver in that game? Looking back, actually taking a look at some film and actually having time to, you know, decompress, having the bye week for ourselves. Uh, the Jets offensively, meh, not too bad. They, they, they were moving the ball, like I said on the last pod. They were moving it between the 20s pretty well. Defensively, abysmal. They stepped it up in the fourth quarter, though. Started to come to life, but first three quarters were non-existent. And special teams, Sam Ficken, looking good. I think if we saw this game in, uh, if we saw this game isolated, as you're trying to say, like forget that we're going 0-3. If this was game one, I think you also said this too on uh, the last pod for the Jets. If we saw this game like week one, we're in business. We're like, okay, cool. We don't have that much to work on. We're actually ready to go and maybe another game or two and we're winning a game and making this, making the season interesting to say the least. Um, but yeah, I mean, what did, what did you think of it though? Yeah. And I, I agree. That's why it's uh it's interesting game because NFL is week to week and they're looking at film from, you know, this past game and they're trying to, you know, watch the Cardinals from the last couple of weeks and figure it out for week five. But just to kind of review, I guess a little bit, of uh, the Denver game, Pierre Desir, man, <laughs> talk about a roller coaster. I mean, I know we talked about it last game, but 
just going back and watching a little bit of um, his play, I mean, it was just abysmal would be a compliment, honestly, at this point of what was happening in the first half of that game. Even Steve Smith, you know, the great Steve Smith was making fun of us uh, during the halftime show. And like, you know, people who, again, like my dad, like people who never, who like just watch casually football, whatever. He's like, just that guy can't play. Right. And what was crazy was we watched, um, we have no depth there. So we kind of don't have a choice. Right. Those are just the facts of the situation. And he's our number one. Um, and so we kind of saw him being coached up on the sideline. Second half, he was the reason why he we were actually in the game. You know what I mean? He had the pick six, came back. He had that tiptoe interception as well. We were in, he put us in a position to win if our offense could have finished there. You know what I mean? It could have been could have been something. Could have made something happen. Like we could have actually got a W. And um, I think that's on account of our defense, but. That and a little bit of our D-line, uh, some good things to say there. But, wow, they cannot tackle, dude. They just can't tackle. Like, our whole thing was all oh, the run the run defense, the run defense, the run defense. Running backs are having a field day. That's for sure. Running backs are running up and down on the Jets. It started off. It didn't even really start with Buffalo. I mean, unless you want to call Josh Allen a, a running back. But we had Mozart. We had, um, we had, you know, now just like Melvin Gordon, just like going to town on us. Like the Jets can't stop anybody on the ground. And that's been, you know, the key to our defense is the key to our success. We were a top five run defense last year. And I don't think we've lost that many pieces. Like I know Jamal Adams is a, he's, you know, great safety, you know, elite talent. Are you like, are we really saying that he made that much of a difference? And if so, wow, that's, that's just crazy to even think of that. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it's not a Jamal thing. We, I mean, we have had a little bit of safety depth issues as well, but I think the inside linebacker issues are, um, where that really comes into play. I mean, we're literally starting Ogletree, who was cut off the Giants because he was so bad there. You know what I mean? That we picked him off of a practice squad of our own practice squad. So we're running with like, as Bart, as Bart Scott said, like fifth and sixth string guys at this point. You know what I mean? Like Lange and Hewitt like, kind of put it together, but they, they're the depth. You know what I mean? Like, and then, so, cause Peanut is hurt. Uh, Mosley opted out. Avery Williamson's hurt slash in the doghouse slash, I don't really know what's going on there. Um, Cash, uh, speaking of Cashman though, the pick, uh, from last year, he's he'll he'll be coming back uh, off the off the mini IR, and there should be a boost there. Also, Ashton Davis um, will be back in the safety spot. He had limited participation today, so I think in the run defense there'll be a um, a little bit of an upgrade uh, at least in week five, which we're gonna need because. Kenyon Drake is fully healthy. Chase Edmonds has been putting in work. And Kyler Murray is a headache, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're going to have Kyler Murray. You can attack like through the air and on the ground. And this is an issue that we had with Josh Allen right at the beginning of the season where we couldn't stop mobile quarterbacks. And with our linebacker issue, as you pointed out, spying the quarterback is, it's a, it's key for these type of, for these type of players. And, it's not going to end here either. We're going to have Russell Wilson 
later down the line too, who we're going to have to try to spy. And that's just going to be uh, a nightmare of itself. And we got to do it again for Josh Allen. We got Cam Newton twice. We actually got a tough schedule for quarterbacks that we have to spy on and leaving Ogletree in, who, as you pointed out, was cut from the Giants. And I don't know why we still, why we're still using him over Williamson. Like Williamson is our, our top guy. Um, it's, it's just making things a lot more difficult than it needs to be, in my opinion. What do you got to say? I have a little bit of a tinfoil hat on with Avery Williamson because they restructured his contract. And it's a lot of incentive-based stuff now instead of it being fully guaranteed, which honestly the Jets could have made out better by cutting him. So I guess they decided, hey, we'll keep you, but we're going to change up your contract a little bit. We're going to restructure it, and it's going to be incentive-based, and now they're controlling his snaps. So a little bit of tinfoil hat on is if they're not so so much worried about wins, they're going to try to save some money on the back end. So what we're not talking about, and we, we mentioned early in our podcast, what we haven't talked about is – you know, the Johnsons, you know, uh, Avery Williamson, um, I kind of have a tinfoil hat on there because they restructured his contract. And now instead of it being a fully guaranteed deal where he's going to get um, playing time, regardless of playing time, he'd get his money. Now they restructured him. And instead of cutting him and saving on the cap, they're saving on his money deal, which we kind of know the Johnsons have been cheap with it in the off season. Um, Douglas kind of denied that in the media, but we it's been reported extensively that the Johnsons have a cap on the guaranteed spending for whatever reason. That's why we didn't that's why we lowballed Robbie Anderson, right? Um, who he wanted to stay. Michael Irvin reported the other day that he was crying um on the phone after it didn't work out with them. Um, so it's just ridiculous, right? And it's so clear that they don't care about this year by the way they're operating. Um, and it's just, I don't understand how they want us to care. It's kind of weird. Like, I really don't get it. I agree. And before I get into Robbie Anderson, because that whole situation has bothered me on how well he's succeeding in Carolina right now. If we're going to add on to that tinfoil hat theory for Williamson, let's add it on one other layer. Do you think they don't see it in Darnold and they're trying to have Gase as a tank commander for Lawrence? No, actually, my my whole issue now is that Gase and the New York Jets have different goals. And now that they have different goals, they're operating on different wavelengths. So Gase wants to win now because he needs his resume to look better and he's trying to like I guess, I guess he knows he's not keeping his job, but I guess like trying to keep his job. You know what I mean? Like if he wins eight in a row, you know what I mean? He's going to, you know, like, you know, is what it is. So he's, he, he's still playing for now. And that's why I think he played Beckton too early. Right. And, and he, he put him in and kind of put our franchise left tackle at risk. And then he put Sam Darnold back in after he got suplexed into the ground with no flag. That was great. Um, turns out to be AC joint sprain, and it's too dangerous for him to play next week. But on the spot, it was all good for him to play, which was funny because there was no room in the tent because there was so many injured players for the Jets, so he had to like take him to the back, which was just classic Jets on primetime TV. Yeah, every- we, we don't have we don't have enough uh, tents for the quarterback. Yeah, that's wild. I, I I would figure that you'd kick whoever out for your quarterback, and yeah, first of all. 
I guess just to even keep going into this like whole thing back on Amgaze, you, you, there's so many things I want to talk about. First, let's talk about, I want to talk about Becton. I want to talk about Darnold's injury and I then want to talk about Robbie Anderson. Okay. Um, first, let's start with Becton. That is coaching malpractice that would, that he would even allow your franchise left tackle to go back into the game and then he himself has to pull himself out of the game because it hurts so much. And then you have the audacity to go say in the press, like, oh yeah, Beckton pulled himself out because he was hurt. And it's like, dude, do you not hear yourself? Like, I know. Not- it sounds like, it, it sound, it sound like he's a child. It's like, it's so stupid to even like, it's so stupid to even think that you, those words would even come out of your mouth. And, you should always be protecting your player. This is where I think he's lost the locker room because if he's not protecting uh, his players and why do they want to go out there and perform for him? That's just kind of like, you know, the, uh, that's whole, that's the whole thing. Like that's how you keep a locker room together is saying, look, you can trust me and I can trust you. And he clearly can't even get the trust of, um, of his own team members, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think that it's past Adam Gase, and I want I want to let you, I want to let you uh, finish and go into Robbie Anderson uh, and the offense, and you know how that's kind of incompetent on the Jets. But honestly, man, like this whole fire Gase thing, put Greg Williams in. Like I'm gonna die on this hill, dude. It's just insane. Like I, I the defense is trash. Like th- there's no there's no there's no trust in the defense. There's no. Cleveland Brown situation where the, the head coach thinks the offense thinks, but the defense is killing it. And so Greg Williams, it makes sense to slide in. We're not making tackles, dude. Still, you know what I'm saying? The cornerback, we're getting made fun of by Steve Smith. Uh, you know, anyone can make fun of us. You know what I mean? Like there's commercials now, people making fun of us. Like we're literally the joke of the league, which honestly we deserve to be because we can't, we can't make a tackle on the run and we can't stop. A, a, a pass. So what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like we we're gonna do either. So like now we want to promote that guy to be head coach. Like it do- doesn't make any sense to me. No matter how bad Gase is, just let him burn. You know what I mean? Like keep him out. He's like a starting pitcher that gives up six innings, but you're in the playoffs and you know you're already you're, you're six runs and you're already it's too late. You know you're gonna lose the game. Just like keep him in there forever. Like just let let him let him go down the ship. I'm also angry at J. A. Hop too, John. Not only J.A. Hat, man, but right now the Yankees are just not looking good. I, I know. But so let me go on to the next thing, which is, you know, Becton was just clear about practice from a head coaching standpoint. You don't leave your star, your franchise left tackle in there. We've been talking about that the line needs help. And then you're going to risk the guy who's been probably the, the best thing on the offensive side so far. Uh, are what, like, how do you leave Beckton in there and just leave him out to dry? That just makes no sense. But the next thing that bothers me is that Sam Darnold, that we threw Sam Darnold back out there and he's injured. He looked fine when he came back in. He was throwing pretty well after that body slam. But, and I'm surprised that we'd even get a flag on that. That's, that's even the, that's the wildest thing. Um, but yeah, I know the, the Jets rarely get calls in their favor. I, I, I get that. It's, it's, it's like watching the Knicks and asking for like a call on the, for the Knicks going their way. It's just, it's just rare and it just never happens. I don't know why. I don't know why people have it out for those two teams. Um, maybe it's because of the owners. Who knows? Um, but the most I get is Mike Breen misspeaking at the finals game, calling the Knicks up by two. That, that's, that was great. That's Mike Breen is a national treasure. We should protect him at all costs. Um, 
But yeah, for Darnold, like he's injured. Why are we putting him back out there? What's, what's the point at this point? Why are we risking our quarterback? Like, I know like everyone's in this whole tank for Trevor Warren scheme. And I still am not on that train. Sam has talent. Sam has talent. Uh, I, I swear to the, to whatever this, however long this podcast goes, Darnold is not the, Darnold is not the fault. He is not, nowhere near the fault. If people, if we were all at the head of Ryan Tannehill, he'll be like, yo, this, this quarterback is overrated. He's terrible. He sucks. This, that, and the other. And now he's succeeding on the Tennessee Titans. What does that say? It's coaching. Like we, I keep coming back to it. it's coaching to work with these guys and, and bring them up. Sam has it. Sam has the, the tangibles to be a really good quarterback. He needs the coach to put him in that success. This is just kind of like an Alex Smith moment. Alex Smith sucked for five to six years on the 49ers because of bad coaching. Like he was not good. That team was not good. As soon as you bring in Jaron Harbaugh, just a snap of a finger and they turn it around and they're one of the most competitive teams possible and then even when he goes to Kansas City and has the offensive mind a true offensive guru in Andy Reid who deserves that title who doesn't even promote himself as an offensive guru but he is um Alex Smith is still successful yes he doesn't have the deep ball but he was still able to be successful I still think Donald could be successful on this team it's it's just it's just Gase is just not that guy he's just not he whatever he's been promoting whatever people bought into Chris Johnson, you got fooled. Sorry, man. Like you, I don't even know why this guy was on your radar. I don't know why we even hired him, but enough with that. I'm not, I'm not trying to go in there, but regardless, Darnold is not the issue. I'm surprised. Like it just sucks that he left him out there. And I'm sorry I had to go on that rant, but it just sucks that he left him out there and now he's injured and we got to have to wait for him to heal. And now we got Flacco time, which I, I swear, like, Flacco wins and people just start going off. Huh? Is he elite? Stop it. Flacco is clutch. Flacco is. He's as elite as like Eli Manning, all right? They're both like the same in my eyes, which they're not elite in my eyes. They're really just like clutch performers at the right time. Oh, man. Plain and simple. But, uh, let me get like, so I'm, I'm just, I'm just. Leaving Darnold in, so you left. You want to talk about Robbie Anderson real quick? Yeah, that's what I was going next to. So like, um, so yeah, just a shame that Gates left Darnold in to stay injured. Now we got Flacco, but now for Robbie Anderson, he's successful in Carolina. He is catching everything that's thrown his way. He has what over th- close to four hundred yards receiving. Has only dropped somewhere between five to seven passes. It's really. Really impressive, I must say. I'm pulling up the stats right now for Robbie Anderson, but it shows that Gase could even get this guy who was considered a one-trick pony. Uh, <laughs> this guy who was considered a one-trick pony in New York. And now he's running slants. He's running short intermediate routes. His route running is like not elite. It's not by any stretch. He was never supposed to be like the number one guy, but he's showing he could be a number, good number two, number three receiver. And he's clearly making an impact down in Carolina with his old coach, Matt Rule, uh, and it's just showing that, hey, maybe you got to design for the guys that you have. And it's frustrating that we didn't pay him. He took a pay cut to go to Carolina and we could have matched that, paid him a little bit more, give him some, like, some years on it. Like, it, it, 
what were we thinking? We have no continuity for Darnold now at wide receiver, and we got Brashard Perryman, who's injured, who's never had a successful career. And at least with Robbie Anderson, he was consistent year in and year out. You just knew you were going to get some, like, you knew you were going to get some, um, some big games out of him. You know, he's going to go on a stretch. But now we're seeing him in Carolina and he's successful from the get go. Maybe, just maybe, we should have kept him and not signed Rashard Perryman and just paid him instead of pinching the pockets of the Jets as they always do and let somebody go. This reminds me of the Mark Sanchez situation all over again when we let, when we let go Braylon Edwards, let go of Jericho Cotri and we brought in, uh, Plaxico Burrs and Derek Mason and had Santonio Holmes still. And, and we just broke the continuity that he had. He was so comfortable with those guys. And you expect these older veterans to come in first year and make a big impact at the wide receiver position. And it just doesn't work like that. You see it with every quarterback who has a guy that they know. If they have at least one person they have a repertoire with, and we see that with Donald and Crowder, we, we now have what? Two guys and Herndon who hasn't performed yet. That's just my, that's the biggest issue I have. And to give you the stats right now, Robbie Anderson has 377 yards, averaging 94 yards per game, and he has one touchdown on the year. That's incredible. That's really incredible for, through the first four games. Why couldn't, why couldn't he do that with the Jets? He clearly has it in him. Yeah. I, I, honestly, the worst part about that was the Michael Irvin. Um, talk about how Rob Anderson called him upset um, that the Jets didn't sign him and they wanted to be there. But onto the Jets this week, we have Chris Hogan coming back. Uh, Perryman, your boy, he's out. He hasn't practiced. So, I mean, it's Wednesday right now. Um, we got Crowder, full participation, so he's good to go. Unfortunately, Mims doesn't look like he's good to go. Um, he, he was supposed to be coming off IR as well, but, um, he said that his hamstring's still bothering him. So, looks like we'll keep him out. Um, going off this same logic about keeping our, uh, franchise guys <laughs> intact. Um, I, I don't, I hesitate to call him a franchise guy, but at least his second round pick that hasn't busted yet. So let's, <laughs> let's hold out some hope. Majordan Jenkins also didn't practice. It's kind of an issue. We don't really have a pass rush. Um, but I, I, I will give it up to John Franklin Myers. He's been doing all right. Terrell Basham, he's been okay. Um, but, man, I'm really worried about – I mean, you talk about bread ripen. What are we going to do with Kyler Murray, dude? I don't know, man. I don't know. I just don't know what we're going to do this game in general. The thing about the Cardinals, though, is that – they haven't been effective these last two games, really. And we see that Kenyon Drake is having difficulty running. So maybe our defense can step up this game and get back on track. Maybe Greg Williams can pull something out of the hat and really start turning it around. That will be key for the Jets this game, just to establish some sort of dominance on the run and force them to pass. Because if we can, you know... If we can make them predictable, as the Jets are offensively, um, we can have a good chance at holding them back. So hopefully we can get something around there. Passing-wise, I'm terrified, though, because you said it last week, and honestly with Pierre Desir, 
uh, he got smoked and I just see DeAndre Hopkins and Pierre Desir and it just screams trouble for me. It just screams a lot of trouble and I'm not looking forward to it. And the Cardinals actually have three good receivers between Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and uh, Christian Kirk. So that, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, our, I mean, Pulio and our slot is all we got. So I'm not worried about whoever lines up in the slot. Um, I think that's been, that's been Fitzgerald. Um, so he'll be, he'll be good to go. But I mean, bless Austin didn't practice either. And he hasn't been so great that he can really play without a full week's practice. I don't think. Um, so it looks like Quincy Wilson and Pierre Desir with really no depth again back there. Um, I'm sure Lamar Jackson will be hanging out. Uh, the cornerback. Just hanging out, just hanging out there on the field, just like chilling, doing whatever he wants to do. You no, know, just like, you know, as depth, you know, like maybe Gidry there, but like, we're the, like, it's going to be D hop on Pierre this year, like you said. Um, I'm probably going to have to scheme a safety over constantly. Um, and there's going to be a lot of one on one matchups. Uh, Chase Edmonds is going to be playing the under. Kyler Murray's going to have an open field. We're going to have to start making tackles. Um, I'm glad Cashman's coming back. I'm glad Ashton Davis might play. Um, it might, it might look okay. Um, for them, Justin Pugh is back at guard, full participation. Buda Baker, safety. He's good to go. He's practicing. Kenyon Drake. He's good. So they got both the running backs there. Um, Drake or Patrick is limited. Other than that, they're okay, man. Um, Chris Banjo and Devon Kennard didn't practice. That's pretty much it. Um, everyone else is just a regular rest. Yeah, I mean the seven and a half. I'm sorry. Do you think we can? Do you think we can cover the seven and a half? Because I don't think I don't think you're gonna, you're gonna predict a win. That'd be insane. I think we'll cover the seven and a half. I don't see us winning just because we don't. If we had actually, in all honesty, if we had Darnold, I would say I would be more inclined to say that we win. But we don't have Darnold this week. Um, I don't think Flacco is. Uh, necessarily going to be leading us to victory anytime soon. So I don't think so. It's interesting. So I was listening to Bart Scott today on uh, ESPN radio and he was going off about how Gates actually requires a Flacco in his system, like a immobile quarterback who just like wants to get the ball out of his hands as fast as possible rather than somebody who like Darnold or like Tannehill, like needs like design rollouts or is kind of like, you know, looking to make plays on the run. I don't know how accurate that is. Maybe Bartz is hopeful. Maybe he's just trying to, like, put some positivity in the air. But I'll give you this for some positivity. Le'Veon Bell is back. All right? And Le'Veon Bell, Jameson Crowder, uh, Chris Hogan, um, the Smiths are back. You know, Vincent Smith and Jeff Smith. Uh, they look like they're off the injury list. Uh, Chris Herndon, maybe he's going to have a better game with Flacco as his tight end. I think they can. I think they can do some damage. I'm, I'm like, I'm really not scared of this Cardinals team. They kind of are who I thought they were. Um, they kind of stink. I'm not like. I think if we just make some tackles um, and scheme around Hopkins and Kirk, and then and then have the the slot the nickels like kind of take care of Fitzgerald. I I think we, I think we could hold everything, but it's it's going to honestly come down to the QB spy, like you mentioned. Yeah, I could like I could see I could see the Jets being I, I I don't I guess I could see where Bart Scott is coming from with Gase wanting a more uh I guess 
pocket passer, not a guy who scrambles out of the pocket because who did Gase work with? Peyton Manning, not really a mobile quarterback, a guy who loves to stay in the pocket. My thing to that is that we don't really have the O-line to create such a perfect pocket, so I don't see that happening. And Flacco has been on the decline for the last couple of years. Uh, I don't really see Flacco adding that much value to this game. I see them covering. I think he's he's a seasoned veteran. He's like qualified enough to keep us competitive. But and you know what? They also did have the mini bye week, so they did have more time to rest. Probably get a few more practices in, more walkthroughs, just so that they can be prepared for the Cardinals. But I just don't like it. Getting all the weapons back helps, but having a quarterback like Darnold, who is mobile with our line not so short, right? Uh, I just don't, I don't, I don't see that being the, uh, necessarily the recipe for success this weekend. Do, do you think there's any, uh, do you think there's anything to the fact that maybe Flacco has nothing to lose and this Jets team has nothing really to lose? And so they kind of could just like not listen to Adam Gase. You know what I mean? Like, Darnold can't just do that. You know, like Darnold's having trouble with the audible and the next week now he's uh, running audibles and motions and the two tight end sets like we all asked for. And now he's running the QB sneaks like he really is listening to the media. You know, for someone who says that they don't pay attention to the media, it feels like week by week he's adjusting to exactly what the media says. Yeah, like Gase is adjusting to what the media says, but I'd also like to tone that back and say that he does, but he doesn't really flush it all out. I did, uh, if we, if watching the game again, there weren't that many design rollouts for Sam Darnold. A lot of them were in the pocket. Um, it, like we, there was no creativity. It was pretty bland. We knew it was going to be pass, run, pass, uh, for the most part. Very rarely did he switch it up. And, you know, there's just no red zone presence that's really getting us going at all so i just i think with i think that there is nothing to lose and the jets could play with that mindset but i don't think flacco unless flacco's had so some amount of time to really like call audibles and really change up the offense do i think that type of that type of like i guess ideas in play there's always that there's always a chance they have the jets have nothing to lose the Jets they have nothing to lose at this point. They- That's what I'm excited about. That's what I'm kind of, like. It's not like um, our compadres, the Giants, who also can't win a game. Like they're like trying to like build and succeed and work in the system. And you know what I'm saying? Like it makes sense for them to like go through the progressions and it's you know etc. Like <laughs> that is not the case right now for like Flacco and the Jets and Le'Veon Bell and Adam Gase. Like there's just a whole different world over here. So I could just see like some crazy things. Uh, happen in the special teams, like, but even though I love, I love Boyer and I don't think he'd compromise like his stats for that. Um, but I could just see like wacky stuff, like Flacco just being like, yo, man, like this place stinks. I'm just gonna, you know, I have Le'Veon Bell, Crowder, you know, I like my tight end, you know what I'm saying? And he'll just like run a different play. Like, I really do think that that's gonna happen once or twice. It may, it may look, Gase look good, actually. Um, but that, that, I mean, that really wraps it up, uh, on the Jets. Um, aspect of this pod. I just, 
I, I don't I, I can't really t- I can't really say out loud that the Jets are going to cover seven and a half. But um, and I'm not going to touch that. But I'm not really going to be shocked if that happens. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked if that happens either. I guess like I, it's it's definitely a play. The Cardinals are not they're not an elite team. They came out won two games and now lost two games. My thing is that they are in a tough Western, uh, you know, they're in the NFC West. It's a tough division. They see the Seahawks. They see the Rams. They also see the 49ers, and they have to keep up with the pace. And I'm sure Kingsbury is coming in here saying, guys, this is a win for us. And I, they look at, they're looking at us as prey. Uh, if Gase is smart, he's like, guys, let's go out swinging. We got nothing Kingsbury. to lose. Huh? What did you say about Kingsbury? I said they're about the same. They're about the same. Gase, Gase is looking at Kingsbury like, oh, it's Kingsbury. Like, uh, we should win this game. Yeah, the the difference is that Kingsbury's shown something. He's actually won two games. Gase has won none so far. Uh, this this season I'm talking about. So, what 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 does Gase, Gase has more to lose than uh, Kingsbury? Kingsbury has a job security like like they'd have to lose like every single game for Kingsbury to be fired, and that they are not doing that. Gase is a sitting is a is a lame duck for you know, what everyone can see. He's just going to be here until the end of the season and let go. Um, but yeah, I guess before we wrap up, there's just one thing. There's just one thing. I wa- there's like one thing I have to mention. I just have some guys I really want to say that I, I liked from this past week with the Jets, from the Jets game, even though like I could be negative. Uh, did like Crowder. Crowder came back off of injury, looked like a stud. Jeff Smith also came back, looked pretty good. Um, you know, uh, Q will doing really well showing up this season. Looks like he's about, it looks like he's having a breakout season. And then Ficken, Ficken was on fire last game. Five for dude, f- shout out to Brandon, to man and Ficken, dude. Though the, the, the kickers are holding it down for us, like silent killers for us. For sure. And I just want to point those guys out because they really did a good job last week. And I can always see, you know, good things coming from them still. And it was nice to see. I'm excited about both Smiths coming back uh, in the offense for sure um, this week. And I'm curious as to if Flacco uses them uh, or not. I'm not really – again, my hopes aren't really too high with what Flacco is really going to do with them. But I am excited for them. Uh, Flacco is a veteran. Like, he knows how to play football. Like, we'll see how it works out. But having Crowder in the offense just changes everything, man. He just It really does. It just, like, changes the whole dynamic. And I think that having Bell there will also like change the dynamic. And it's not going to be with Sam. With, with, it's not going to be with someone like Sam Darnold who needs to play called for Bell in order to give it to Bell. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? That's just is what it is at this point. And I think that Flacco, if he just sees, you know, a formation that he likes, he's going to audible and just hand that right off to Bell. You know what I mean? I really, I really do think that. Yeah, for sure. And just so I can get some uh, stats out there for these guys, Crowder caught seven out of ten. Uh, targets went for 104. Jeff Smith, seven out of nine targets for 81 yards. Phenomenal games for those guys. Jeff Smith was making some impressive catches too. He showed that he had a really good catch radius. I have to, I, I really am very proud of Jeff Smith. Uh, I, cause he really showed out that game. I, I, I was just, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, there's not too many wide receivers that we've seen come through the Jets in the last couple of years that have really stood out like that. I, I he's making me feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be excited about 
bad wide receivers on the Jets that have like decent games because like I've just been in this hole so many times. I can name you uh, literally like tenfold of wide receivers that had good, decent games, and I'm like so excited about them, and then I just never hear from them again. Um, so I'm gonna keep my expectations, you know, a little tight on the Smiths, uh, um, even though they're no relation spelled differently. Um, but I am excited about them, and honestly, Lawrence Cager too. Cager is getting made fun of uh, going into the game because he, you know, he just got the start for us. He didn't really run that great of a route. They blamed the interception on him. Got some. Um, yeah, like he's got some work to do, but I'm excited for him as well. You know what I mean? He has work to do, but I'm excited about him as well. For sure, for sure. All right, Alex. I'm I'm done talking about the Jets. I I feel like we were objective as possible, even though we both want to cry inside thinking about the New York Jets, the likely 0-5 New York Jets. Very likely. Um, hope. I need help this week, man. So you need help this week? I need help, dude. Okay. I'm in week five of my Survivor League, which means we have to pick one team a week that wins. But every time you use a team, you can no longer use them for the rest of the season. Gotcha. Hey, why don't me, instead of doing this right now, let's actually just transition into the et cetera segment. So this is now the et cetera segment. Let me just put that out there. So now, John, carry on with your uh, survivor pool. I actually do understand how survivor pools work. This is the only very limited form of betting that I know. But please explain for the listeners who don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just for anyone who just has to uh what the survivor uh rules are so for now i've taken the steelers chiefs pats and ravens all right those are the four teams that i've taken right now so i need some help for week five man um the the slim pickings the really the only two that i kind of thinking about is san francisco over miami Mm -hmm. and dallas over the giants help me out here man give me one Dallas over the Giants. I'm staying far away from that game. Far, far away from that game. Just so far away. I, I can't express how far away I want to be away from any, any, any NFC East game. It is a debacle of a division right now. I don't even know, I don't even know how they're allowed to be in the NFL. It is, it is bad. It is like, well, I think that who, who's first? Eagles being one, two, and one. That's, that's. Why, that's why I see a Dallas win here. I mean, D- Dak has been having these crazy stats. The offense has been crazy. The defense is atrocious. But the D- Giants are literally, uh, if it wasn't for the Jets, I would say the Giants are the worst team in football. I would agree with that. I would agree with that 100%. Here's the thing I cannot, This is here's the one thing, though. NFC East is a toss-up every single week because you don't know who's coming out of what. And I could actually see the Giants winning this game as bad as they are because just somehow somehow they just rally daniel jones just says f it again and these guys are just like yeah and they go in there and they win the game and i would just stay far away i'd go with the if it's between those two choose the 49ers over the dolphins because i think the dolphins dolphins have been keeping it pretty interesting they keep they like to keep it funky but i still think the 49ers will win i mean do you have any other suggestions like there's a saints Oh, if you want me to, uh, well, you you only mentioned those two games, so I didn't know if we were going through the whole uh, litany of games this week. Dude, there's really not that many. Um, there's the Saints Chargers. Okay. 
how much is too close to call for me. I'm not touching Minnesota, Seattle. Okay. Uh, there's Colts, Browns. I can take the Colts, but I wouldn't really love that too much. I, uh, England, Denver, um, which is fine, but I'm not sure if that game's gonna play. Hmm. Oh. Um, but that's about it, man. I'm not. T- I, Cincinnati, Baltimore's gone. Philly, Pittsburgh is gone. Buffalo, Tennessee is probably not gonna play. Use the Rams. Neville, Houston. No, I could take the Rams over Washington, but I learned one thing in my life, man. You want to hear what that is? What is it? Do not bet against Kyle Allen. For some reason, that guy covers. I mean, granted, he, all you have to do is win in Survivor, but that just scares me. Yeah, I can, I, I, I hear you on that. You know what could? You know what could be an interesting game: Texans over Jaguars. I, you, you're telling me not to touch the NFC East. I will not touch the AFC South. That's Get fair. that my face. That is, that is fair. Those are like the two wildest divisions. <laughs> yeah. I'm look, looking at these, looking at these lineups, man. I don't know. I think I don't see Sean McVay losing to a. Who's that? A Washington football team. Um. Did you use the Chiefs? Yeah, I use the Chiefs. Sorry. Okay. How about the Panthers? Chiefs Raiders is scary, man. They, those divin- those divisions games are scary. How about you the Panthers this week? Panthers might be pretty interesting. Who they got? Falcons. Oh no way! Stay. I'm staying away from them. <laughs> uh, look at like the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Did you use the Bucks? I think the Bucks are gonna lose. Really against the Bears? Yeah. What? Yeah, I think the Bucks are gonna lose. The the the, the one um, the one kryptonite for Tom Brady is a pass rush, and that's what that's what the Bears have. That's true. Tampa doesn't really look that scary. Oh, yeah, but Tampa, Tampa doesn't look that that scary. I mean, I know they put up points against uh, the Chargers, but they don't look. It's not anything like New England Patriots level. I would say go with the. Uh, I'm really feeling the Rams. I really feel like the Rams are going to do it against the Washington football team. All right, so Rams are 49ers. I'll keep that in mind, and uh, we'll see what we'll see. We'll make the final decision as the time gets closer. Definitely, uh, I'd lean more so 49ers than uh, – I think so too. That's how I'm feeling. But, Alex, what do you got for the et cetera portion for the – sleepers that we talked about in the early episodes of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. So episode one of this podcast, we had some sleepers that we, you know, each of us had three sleepers, teams that we thought were going to come into this season and improve from last season. You know, the, the, the level that we chose is more of like a playoff push, wild card, birth type of scenario. So they're either going to be competitive enough to Make the playoffs and just miss it, or they make the wild card. That's really what a sleeper is to me. Uh, so if they get to eight and eight, nine and seven, we're in the, we're in the ballpark of catching it right for sleepers. No, no true losing season. Um, so John, do you remember all the teams that you chose? Uh, no, I, I, I know that I had the Colts. Yep. Uh, which I know didn't look too hot, but they're trending up just as I thought. I got Trey Burton. 
in all my fantasy teams uh, who just came off IR for them. I, I, I think this Colts team will come together. I, I like them a lot, even though Matt got hurt. Okay. And Hooker got hurt too. Yep. So Colts are three and one. They're looking really good right now. So who's the who's the other team that uh, you chose? So, um, I forgot the other two. I, I I know. I think the Bears were one, which I'm which I think I'm right about at this point. But I'm not. I wish I could sell that stock. Like if I could, if I could sell that Bear stock, I would. Uh, but I think I had the Bears as one of the sleepers too. You did. Do you know who the last one is? No, I forgot who we got. You also chose the Steelers. John, you are doing a great job right now. Oh, Steelers. How is that even a sleeper, man? I feel like they're not even a sleeper. They're going to win the division. Dude, you are on fire right now because the Colts and the Bears are both 3-1 and one and the Steelers are 3-0. and oh. If they played last week, we would have had a different record. But as we all know, uh, COVID happened. And yeah. What's <laughs> that? But yeah, you're on fire right now, John. You're doing a great job for your sleepers. Huh? I want to sell the bear stock. How do I do that? No, nah, there's no, there's no selling stock here. There, there are sleepers for the season. We're, be, we're going to check on them every single quarter to see <laughs> how they're doing. Um, so my, who did you get? Who did you have? So my teams. I know one of them was the Cardinals. That's right. The Cardinals are one of my teams. They're okay right now. They're two and two. Uh, if they beat the Jets, they're back on top, apparently. Um, and it's the perfect get right game. It's a sick world to want my sleepers to do well. Um, my next team was the Cleveland Br- the Cleveland Browns, and they're on a good track too. They're three and one, so I'm okay right now. This is the one that really killed me, though. This is the one that really killed me. The Denver Broncos. I was really high <laughs> on Drew Locke, <laughs> and we have no Drew Locke. Instead, I yeah I. I- <laughs> Yeah, really high on Drew Locke in the state of Colorado. No, just playing with you people. Um, but instead, I had to wa- I had to witness uh, your boy. Yeah, uh, apparently my boy who came in and looked good for three and a half quarters, and then yeah, uh, ripping. Olin's looks good against the Jets, and then he gets benched for C.J. Beathard this last week. Everybody looks good against the Jets. I know. It's a sad thing. It's a sad thing that everyone called good against our team, but Rippin was really ripping us apart. And uh, pun intended. Pun in- pun definitely intended. Dad joke. Yeah. So besides the Broncos, my other two teams are looking pretty okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, you you think the Browns are legit? You think they can make? Uh, they have no chance. Well, let's let's remember the the goal was not necessarily making the playoffs, but to be competitive. So if they get to eight and eight. I I, I I called it, but you know, like they called it as a sleeper team. But I'm not expecting them to make the playoffs. I'm actually expecting them to be eight and eight. I don't. They didn't look. They don't look great. You know, like especially against Dallas at the end. That was just kind of. I don't know what. I don't know. What, first of all, Dallas is just on some other level. If you have Dallas players in your fantasy, just start everybody. Anyone who plays Dallas and anyone anyone on Dallas just start it up. Fire them up in the lineup. It is good to go, baby. Yeah, um, which is why I kind of wanted to take them against the Giants because I know they can't hold up against them. Um, maybe I'll stay away from that. We'll see. We'll see as the week goes on, as the injury reports get a little bit more clearer, as the lines shape up a little bit, I'll be able to decide whether to stay away from that game, take the boys, or go the Niners. Maybe switch it up and go a little crazy. 
For sure. But John, let's touch on the last topic that we got today, which is the New York Yankees, which we're watching this game right now. They're getting slaughtered. They got, they got, they got killed yesterday. Hop, I don't even want to see you, man. I don't even know what that call was yesterday to bring him in. That just made no sense. Uh, Jesus. We'll just, we can, we can touch on this for a second. So the Yankees have an amazing prospect in Debbie Garcia who had a great year, but he's 21 years old and he looks like he's 10. Um, so I guess they didn't really trust him. Um, but they also, it's not, I don't really think it was really about Debbie Garcia. I really think it was about J.A. Happ. I think they wanted to coddle Happ. I think they wanted to find a way to get Hap into this series and pitch a game where the Yankees would be semi-comfortable because obviously they're not comfortable with him starting beginning of the game. Number one, because he stinks in the first inning. And number two, because he needs a lefty lineup. So what they did was they kind of tried to trick the Rays, who kind of invented the whole bullpen start, which is interesting. So we kind of tried to beat them at their own game. Um, Put Debbie Garcia in for the first inning. And then by pitch number three... J.A. Happ was already warming up in the bullpen, which really, I mean, like talking, like talking about incompetent coaching. This is what bothers me, dude, is why does he have to lie? You know what I mean? Like stick with your decision, right? Like for me, I, me personally, I get it. I get the decision. I get you trying to split up the Tanaka and the Cole start to try to relieve your bullpen. Clearly didn't work, right? Cause like you shifted the momentum to the raise and. Baseball's a momentum game, man, and you ruined the momentum with game two. So, like, you messed up there. Um, but, like, own up to it, right? Like, own up, because it, it could have been a genius plan, right? We were, the game was almost back. It was 5-4. You know what I mean? Even though, like, we almost had it. You know what I mean? Even in the ninth inning, we were right there. Maybe if Sanchez doesn't strike out for the 18th time, <laughs> uh, things would be fantastic. You know what I mean? You know, Judge has been bad. Um, a lot of people have been bad, but... Shout out to Glaber. Shout out to Hicks. They've been having great at bats. DJ's kind of back. Stan, of course. Sanchez stinks. Um, but that's really it with these Yankees, man. I, like, it looks like we're going to go down 2 1 um, with Jordan Montgomery. And guess who? Debbie Garcia, game four. And if we win that, Cole, game five. I'm really hoping we pull some miracle, but it's 8 2 right now in the bottom of the six. So I don't really know, man. What, what was your take on game two? What's happening now and how the series is going to turn out by the time this pod comes out on Friday. So hopefully by Friday we're in a game five matchup, right? Hopefully we're back in this. We win the next two games. But my take from game two against the Rays is that Hap was just horrendous. He got bailed out by Stanton and, and, uh, who else hit the homer, uh, yesterday? Um, early i can't it's it's so it's so it's just so disturbing to even like think about it because (laughs) no man it really is because we don't like we know we we had this conversation before the playoffs even started and like who did we want to rely on and i said hap would probably be the third guy and this is clearly like just trying to slide him in to like get him in there and make him happy because we did pay for him right well we traded for him we brought him over we we are we essentially pay for him to be here, and now since we've had him though, he has not been who he was on the A's, and it's just it's it's a wash. And 
I think what Boone has to do is he has to be real and be honest with himself and say, hey, this guy's not performing. Let me go with my other guys who've been good this year and who've been able to perform. So I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stand having to watch him go through so many innings and give up hit after hit after hit after hit. And then the bullpen is just weak. The bullpen's weak. Our, that's, our, we can keep getting hits as much as we want, but it doesn't help if like we can't have any solid pitching. Cole can't go out every single day, which is, but that's what really what we need. And Sanchez, work on that defense, my man. Jesus, like defense, offense, everything. Every like, but the offense was supposed to be there. Defense is just scaring me, man, because he's winning guys. Yeah, but he has literally he has not done anything, dude. I can't honestly watching him come up to bat is an automatic out. You know what? I can't. I can't. I'm so bad at pronouncing names sometimes, especially if I never heard it the first time. Just say Higgy. Higgy, who is that? The other backup catcher. Yeah, Higgy. Higgy's been. Uh, Higgy's been doing it, man. Higgy's been. You know, I'm not saying phenomenal, but at least been showing up. And that's Cole's catcher right now. Is Higgy? Cole has like a, a preference for a reason. So. Well, he also caught Tanaka today. It didn't go so great. Yeah, but I think when you're ace, right? When you're ace, wants. Higgy over Sanchez, that really says something, man. Honestly, it says something to me. It says something to me. But hope- I agree. So right now it's game five, guys. Cole's on the mound. Let's get ready for a big game tonight. For sure. Big game. Be excited. Hopefully when you hear this pod on Friday, we're you know, tweeting out nothing but praise for the Yankees. Um, they- help me. I really hope I really hope we're totally wrong about this game three and we sound like dummies and they somehow come back from eight two. That'd be crazy, right? That'd be really crazy. Um, it's only the bottom of the six as we're doing this, so who the hell knows? But John, that's gonna wrap it up for the etc. portion. Uh, and you know, I think that's what we covered for the Jets. So let's get it out of here. Yeah, man. There, there you have it. Uh, Jets are going to cover, apparently, which I don't think so. But me and Alex and I do think we'll be competitive. Uh, 49ers of Dallas for the Survivor. Yankees are in game five. John Sleepers are off to a hot start, all being three and one. Mine are going from three and one to two and two to one and three. But yeah, so that's it. That's it, everyone. So please. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Let us know what you think. This is another episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast, a Jets episode. And just so you all know, this is episode 20. We've been doing this for two months straight now. Straight. Two months straight, John. Can you believe it? Let's go. Let's go. All right, everyone. Catch you for next week on the Knicks episode of this podcast. So catch you later. Let's go, Jets. Jets.